Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Oh, Mr. Sheffield. It's a podcast that you're listening to that's a recap of The Nanny, a sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am your co-host, Shondi Pasquale, here with... Doria Sheffield. And this week, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 17, The Grandmas. This one was a pretty weird episode. <laughs> uh, directed by Dorothy Lyman, the great Dorothy Lyman, of course, uh, and written by Karen Lucas. This is a new name to me. Oh, Have we heard Karen Lucas? For some reason, I thought it was written by like th- the three regulars. I must have misread no, that. I am Karen- to be- Karen Lucas wrote it. She, uh, it looks like The Nanny was actually her first big show. And then she went on to write (laughs) Shasta McNasty, uh, which is a very little known show, but was hilariously terrible. So this Um, this actually gives, this gives me some relief because I love this show, but I did not love this episode. And when I saw that it was like my three favorites who wrote it, I was like a little confused, mm, honestly. No, they always get credited. If you look at writing credits for every episode, it always gives uh, Cernan and Fraser developed by credit and Jacobson and Drescher created by credit. And then there's usually a third, a, you know, a third line for written by Oh, okay. Um, that makes a lot of sense yeah, to me because so, so well, this uh, real quick, this is the episode where Fran declares that the Sheffield household is in a rut and is too predictable and also simultaneously finds out that her parents are getting a divorce. So there was a lot happening and some things were very funny, but overall I felt I, it was a couple of things kind of made me cringe and a couple of things kind of made me feel like, oh, forced conflict and also very like, Ho hum, like this is a sitcom episode, which I don't usually feel like when I watch the show. So why don't we let's change things up like slightly? Why don't we do like a quick run through of what this episode was? And then we can talk because I also had like a lot of issues with this episode. And then we can sort of like talk about reactions and then go into like favorite lines and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's so funny you said that because I I had the same exact instinct where I'm like, I don't really need to go through this like beat by beat like we normally do. But- yeah, it be, because and it's also there's not a it's it's weird. There's a lot but also no substance to any of it. So it's yeah. just like stuff is happening. Um, and, and, and yeah, there's there, but there's no real like substance behind any of it. And it, and it does feel, I a hundred percent agree. This feels the most sitcom um, because of the forced nature of all of the, the, the problems. Yeah. Like, And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a lot of fans of the show, like, you know how you're like, oh, I remember this episode or this episode's my favorite, if a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, I don't really remember that episode. Um, But so it just, you know, it starts with Fran coming down to breakfast. It's a Monday morning. And she kind of out of nowhere is like, oh, you know, everything is so predictable in this house. You know, we always do the exact same thing. Like, you sit, like, Niall says this. Miss Babcock comes in and she says this and you wear that tie, Mr. Sheffield, you know, we're in a rut. Um, and he, you know, there, there was one funny beat where actually when the doorbell rings, Niles leaves and she's basically like, you know, huh, 
that's going to be Miss Babcock. And, you know, Niles is going to open the door, insult her. And then, you know, she's going to get back at him for insulting her. And right as she says that, we hear this this loud yelp from the other side of the house. And then Niles hobbles in and goes, Miss Babcock has arrived because uh, she clearly like punched him in the stomach or something. So like that's how we open things up. Um, and then we come back from the opening credits and – uh, it's later that day, but after school, and Fran's talking to Gracie, uh, or actually talking to Maggie in the kitchen, and then Gracie comes in, and Gracie says that she has a play date uh, the next day, but she doesn't want Fran to come because she's, quote, old enough to go to a play date alone now, and it's also kind of embarrassing having her nanny come and watch her. And yeah. I was like, I actually, so the, the few things that I took note of in this episode, like, weren't even really like the focus of the episode, but I was like, wow, Gracie really is older now. And she's also a lot more normal. Like she's clearly transitioned transitioned out of that like difficult emotional period she was having, which makes a lot of sense. It's been three years and Fran has been there to guide her for three years. And we also get confirmation that she's 10 now. Um, and so she says that. And- yeah. I thought it was interesting that they sort of, they 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 acknowledged her age and and also you're right we i mean we haven't seen a ton of her this season uh, but but it does seem like even from like the last like gracie sort of interaction we had a couple episodes ago it does feel like they've dropped the whole she's struggling with mental health issues she's depressed she's you know she still speaks beyond her years but like not everything is like filtered through well my therapist tells me like they kind of like have Mm -hmm. moved past that which yeah does does make a lot of sense i mean Mm -hmm. it's been a while now and you know i you would think that having this mother figure back would make her feel better about all of these things you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if anything as we'll see in this episode she's wise beyond her years more normalized and is becoming slightly parental to fran (laughs) but so uh but so you know fran is Fran relents and is like, okay, okay, fine. Um, and then in the next scene, we have Mr. Sheffield and Niles in his office, and he is like bemoaning the fact that Miss Fine thinks he's predictable. And he's like, I can't believe she can she would say that. Like, can you even believe it, Niles? And Niles responds by literally holding up a pre-written note that he has written to what Mr. Sheffield is saying, thereby proving that he's super predictable. Like Niles knew that Mr. Sheffield was going to say all these right. things. That he go knew on this screen. would bother him and he would go on this, this spiral. And yeah. <laughs> um, and this line I did like though, Niles goes, he's like, well, sir, like if I were you, I'd do something before she wakes up in the bedroom of another man. Shin. Uh, basically he's like, you know, you better, you better mix things up. And it was interesting that like that kind of came from Niles as opposed to Mr. Sheffield, like, uh, you know, just doing this on his own. But so I guess this was like a really Niles' fault that this happens because then that sets up, you know, kind of like, it's interesting. It's the first plot introduced, but it's more the B plot in terms of importance, which is Mr. Sheffield starts trying to mix things up so that Fran uh, presumably won't get bored and like leave them. Um, which is you're kind of like, I think maybe the problem with the episode is you're just like, I know that won't happen. Like, we know that's not like a real stakes thing. Like when Fran got engaged to, 
even though we knew that she was going to say no, just it was literally like the first season, like it felt realistic and it felt emotionally earned. So then like the payoff when she stays and all that stuff felt really good. For this, you were like, Fran's not going to leave because she's the quote in a rut and they like always eat the same breakfast. Like it just, it was so manufactured. I had, I, yeah, I, well, I'll let you get through it. And then I, I think, I think I want to spend more time talking about like what was wrong and how it could have been fixed or how it could be different. Because that's yeah. like more, almost more interesting to me than the than the episode. Mm-hmm. And again, again, we love the show. We're super fans of the show, so nobody yeah, gets upset. I mean, whatever. Be, uh, they know on. that we're, now. They know that. Yeah, we're sitting here doing. A, we're we're on season uh, three, episode seventeen. We, we clearly we're into the show, but I don't think that you're. I think you have to be allowed to be critical of of even like stuff that you like. You know, mm-hmm. I, like, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't. I mean, I don't, I, I'm very critical of, I would say more Star Wars movies than I am a fan of, but I still love Star Wars, you know, and I'll still true. watch everything that comes out. I'm just critical of it. Same with Marvel, yeah. you know? Very true. Very true. Yeah. In fact, Sean just spent several minutes before recording making a Yoda and Hoda Photoshop <laughs> <laughs> after he realized that the names rhyme. That's um, a true story. It is. But so, um, that, so, yeah, he's bemoaning to Niles, and um, we then get a short beat where um, – oh, sorry. So Niles' advice is to, like, do something totally unexpected and crazy, Mr. Sheffield. So then Fran comes in, and she's like, Mr. Sheffield, Gracie wants to go on a play date without me. Like, I'm losing my baby. Can you believe it? And he, like, looks at her, doesn't know what to do, and then just, like, tussles and messes up. Uh, Niles' hair because it's like the craziest thing and most spontaneous thing he can think of doing, which is clearly like absurd. And I did laugh that like yeah. she didn't even give him credit because she just goes, tussling Niles' hair, typical. Even though yeah. he never does it, she's just in such a like mental space. She she can't even like see what's happening and she's just like absorbed in her own problem. And so then for me, this is finally, you know, like 10 minutes in or so when the episode starts kind of having things that I really authentically enjoyed because we go to Fran at Sylvia's apartment and actually Sylvia's clearing out cabinets and she's like, oh, Fran, I don't have any space. Do you want to take some of the crystal? And Fran's like, sure, I'll take some of the Flintstone ones, which and we realized like all of their quote good glassware is like printed with like cheesy characters or like um designs and that made me laugh because that felt very true to home for me um but so she's complaining about you know Fran's complaining about the gracie situation and she also mentions that like oh and on top of that you know mr sheffield and i are in a total rut and sylvia goes well all marriages go through that and um <laughs> Fran's like we're not married ma and Sylvia goes she's like do you live together? And Fran's like, yeah. And she's like, do you take care of his children? And she's like, yeah. And then she goes, are you having sex? And Fran's like, no. And she goes, then you're married. That, that's <laughs> so funny. That was the first line in the episode that I wrote down. Was yeah, that exchange. I, I love that exchange. I thought it was really funny. Uh, yeah. And this yeah. is when it starts, you know, hitting some, some kind of stride at least. She goes, things change, sweetheart. And you, you, know, you have to learn to go with the flow. Um, and then this is where we get the big, 
you know, a plot finally. Well, Fran's like, well, you know, they don't change here, Ma, and that's why I love coming home. And then Sylvia's like, well, you know, they change here too. You know, I, I changed the curtains. I threw out your father. I she changed- goes, I changed the curtains. I changed the contact paper. I threw out your father. And she goes, what? Oh, she goes, and, and then she ends with, and I changed the fat-free wishbone dressing. <laughs> and, that, and that's when, you know, Fran's like, what, Ma? You threw dad out? Is it another woman? And Sylvia, <laughs> without skipping a beat while making blintzes, goes, of course not. You know I don't go that way. Which was, I thought, such a fantastic Great. line. Yep. Like, you know, and it wasn't even like, I loved it. It encapsulated everything that we actually talked about on Arya's mm-hmm. podcast, um, yeah. which, oh yeah. Yeah, because, because it, 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 it's just, it's especially everything we talked about regarding like how this show handles sexuality and, and it, it's, it's just perfect. Like they managed to make a joke that is about you know, they, they make a gay joke without making it about, without making being gay the butt of the joke, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and oh, it's and not, guess- it's not, that she's not punching down at all. She's not like, you know, it's not like, whoa, I'm not gay. You know, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's great. It's genuinely great. Yeah. And she, she says it so casually that it also like subtly just sort of reinforces the idea that like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? She did something that was so progressive that if you put it in a show today, people would be like, oh, it's trying too hard to be progressive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's 30 years later. Yeah, because people uh, are stupid now. Um, on also, uh, I'll just say, it's a good time to remind everybody. So we did do uh, Arie Cohen Wade's podcast, Culturally Determined. It's available on Spotify and other places. There's a really fun conversation we had with him where we just talked about, you know, it's not like we sat down and talked about an episode. We just talked about the nanny and its place in in context in the culture and explained like why we're so drawn to it. So you guys should all go over there and yeah, it's great. Culturally Um, determined. You mm -hmm. can find it on Apple and it's on all the places. It's also Mm -hmm. like somewhere in our tweet. Thread mm-hmm. and we, we've I've linked to it a bunch of times on Twitter. So oh, cool. Um, but so okay. So then Fran has a, has found out that her father kicked. Sorry, that her mother kicked her father out of the house. So then yeah. oh, and also that like it's for real this time because yeah. he took his good toupee. Yeah. <laughs> so then we come back to the mansion and Fran is sitting on the couch, cr- literally like sobbing and crying because her parents are splitting up. And like just when she's feeling at her lowest, that's when Gracie comes in and says she's about to leave all alone for her play date, which again, yeah. she doesn't want Fran to join her on. And so now Fran's like even more distraught, even though Gracie's literally just going across the street. And this did make me laugh because she's like, well, okay, well, you know, look both ways and do this and that. And she's like, and don't touch the toilet seat, which <laughs> is just so my family, like not trusting anybody else's hygiene or sanitation practices. Same. Um, and then I, this was another interesting beat of this episode, which I thought moved some character arcs along. So it's like we had the Gracie is yeah. older and, and a little changed. You're talking about Cece, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we have a really, really revealing line that's kind of just dropped in the middle of the scene and never referred to again. But it- Yeah. And a, a specific kind of a. evolution of a dynamic, which, yeah. which was interesting. So Cece comes in and Fran is still crying. And Cece looks at her and goes, oh, nanny, fine. All these tears, all these tears just because of little. And then she like thinks really hard and she goes, Lacey? And I just had the note that she plays it like she's just really struggling hard to remember Gracie's name. And it was really, really funny and like landed so well. Um, And then, you know, Fran's like, well, it's not just that. You know, my parents are splitting up. 
And then she basically, she goes, it's not so bad, Miss Fine. My mo- my mother left when I was born. <laughs> And, and then, then Niles that, goes, she wanted a girl. Yes, yes. And then he walks out and, you know, Cece kind of just rolls her eyes. But then she goes, oh, it can be hard at first. You're shuffled from house to house, forced to choose who you love the most. And then they try to buy your love, giving you more and more until you have everything you ever wanted. Oh, <laughs> life can be sweet, nanny fine. Embrace divorce. And then she like literally pats her on the back and walks into the other room. And I was like, first of all, it's funny because like more insight into like why Cece is the way she is. Yeah. But also, you know, she she was authentically trying to cheer Fran up in her own way. Mm-hmm. So they really like have passed that hump of of enemies. And, you know, Cece has sort of, like, tacitly accepted Fran as a presence in their world. And, like, even, yeah, she'll try to she'll try to help her out in that yeah. own deranged way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was, that was like, maybe the most interesting uh, nugget in the episode was hearing Cece's whole mother origin story. <laughs> and, 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 and even learning that, like, you know, because there's two kinds of children of divorce that I've met in my life. And it's Mm -hmm. people like Cece who are like, look, I just leveraged it and played my parents like against each other and guilted them into like getting whatever I wanted and like whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, that's what they say on the surface, but ultimately it seems like it like fucked them up a little bit, you Mm -hmm. know? And then there's people like, um, that go the opposite way, which is like family is really important to them. And they see it more as like, look, I never really had like a house because I was always back and forth between two different places. So like no place really felt like home. And like, it sucks that my parents weren't together on holidays and that I had to choose, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and interestingly enough, the people that I've met in my life that are like that are more well, like they're, they're better adjusted to it. Because I think they've like worked through the emotions. I think know? that's super insightful. I super insightful. I'm a I'm a child of divorce, and I insisted for years and years and years that it, that people are over dramatic about how it affects the kids. And now that I'm like in my mid 30s, and like, oh, why why don't I ever have a normal relationship? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I never I never delved into any of that stuff. But I think yeah. you're completely right. Okay, so then we get maybe the other best scene in the whole episode, which is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is there's a knock on the door, <laughs> and Fran opens it, and in a in in what you would assume is like the kind of introduction they would give Snoop Dogg in a sitcom, mm-hmm. a giant cloud of smoke precedes the entrance of Fran's grandmas, mm-hmm. and we now meet that there's a which I don't think we've ever met the other no. grandma before, never even so, heard of Grandma Netta. <laughs> Netta. So now we get Yeti and. Yetta and Netta. (laughs) And they're both smoking cigarettes and they come on in because she clearly, you know, they're there to like kind of console their granddaughter who clearly called them after finding this news out. And Fran's literally like, I thought you promised you were going to stop smoking. And Netta's like, why? Because it's going to stunt her growth or something. (laughs) Like they're just uh, so cynical. Um, And so also, can I just say Netta? Oh my God. It started bringing me back to my own Nana Molly. And I'll say this. Fran calls her grandma's Nana's when they're together. I called mine Nana's. And um, just like even the aesthetic, like how Nana Netta dressed her hair, the way she walked, her physicality. It was my grandmother so much to a T. And then the grandmother sit on the couch in the living room and Netta sees a plate of cookies and goes, are these for us? And Fran's like, sure, help yourself. And then she just 
puts them all in her purse for later. And I felt like so seen and I safe. I loved it. Yeah, I thought that was so good. Because my, my <laughs> you know, my grandmother, you know, depression era baby to her credit, literally any way that you could cut like half a cent off your expenses somehow by like taking the free shampoo from the uh, hotel or if they gave you two free cookies and you only wanted one, you would of course take two because then you would put one in the freezer. So you'd have it later. Like, you know, so many things in their house were like products of that type of lifestyle. So it just really made me uh, it was laugh. Same, same. It felt very familiar and uh, and I love that we have a second grandma now. Uh-huh. Uh, so who? Oh, I totally what, forgot to look at. I recognized her. I just forgot to write well, her no, name. Well, no, I was going to Did you figure out what what is the relation? Like it, it, that's his mother, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's absolutely okay. it's his mother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because so then you know Fran's like, well, you know, can you help me get them back together? And they're not helpful at all because Sylvia's like Sylvia. Sorry, not Sylvia. Sorry, uh, Yetta, who is Sylvia's mom, goes. Eh, the best thing, you know, she ever did was leave him. <laughs> and then she's like, well, Netta, can you help? And Nettie, like, Nettie, it's Nettie. Grandma Nettie is like, well, no. She's like, I love having my boy home. She's like, she goes, there was a light bulb that I couldn't change for 10 whole years. And now that he's back <laughs> home with me, he gives me a boost, <laughs> which, which is very funny because you thought you were going to say like he got on a ladder and did it himself, but he didn't. No, he just lifted her. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you this? The the women in my family, the like older generation, if any of their kids left their husbands and were like, I want to live with you, mommy, they would secretly be so thrilled. <laughs> yeah, dude. If, if I called my mom tomorrow to be like, Elizabeth and I broke up and I'm moving home. She would be secretly (laughs) so happy. She would say like, I'm so upset for you. I know this must be so sad and hard for you and you loved her. But like inside, my mom would be like, yeah, he's coming. My boy's coming home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my mom's- I'm not alone. (laughs) Yeah, no, my mom's secret, secret wish would be that like I would somehow uh, get in a way, as they used to say. I would would get knocked (laughs) up. I would be I would have no way to support myself. I would be forced to go live with her and she would get to have me and a grandbaby. Yeah. All to herself. And not only that, not only does she get you and a grandbaby, but she gets to hoard this over you forever too. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. She wouldn't because do that. Because you know in their sick heads, that's part of it. Is that they I don't... Like, you, you know, you never should have left. Yes, that part. Well, no, no. She would go. She Bad would go, things wouldn't have happened to you if no, you no, had no. never left my home. In her mind, it would have been, 
this was such a blessing that life worked out for you this way that now you're back here with me and you have we have this baby. And she's also yeah, said exactly. she's also said to me that um <laughs> even though by the way she's like over 70 years old like walks with a cane now because of like health issues she would raise that baby for me. <laughs> she's, and I'm like yeah. I'm like I don't even have the baby. What are you talking about? That's like, funny. Um, and she goes I do it right this time. <laughs> <laughs> so then, <laughs> then you know, she, Fran realizes that she's not going to get any help from Yetta and Nettie. So she's like, I'm just going to have to do this myself. And she's like, Nettie, we're going to your apartment because that's clearly where her father's like holed up. Um, and so we go into Nettie's apartment, which is this pink little like it's like as Fran says it's like living in a hostess snowball cupcake <laughs> everything is pink and cutesy and very grandma like chic fluffy yeah yep and um but I noticed like if you kind of take a beat to look at all of the like family portraits family photos in the background looked exactly like the ones that are in my grandparents home in Florida like it really did bring me back like you could see in the back like it looked like kind of like ancestors from Russia, from the old country and, and, you know, kind of like immigrant photos. And, um, I like that a lot. And, um, we have, uh, you do definitely get, I mean, they did a good job of making her a different, a different type of lady than, um, you know, than, than yes, yet she's it. a different type of old lady for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and, Fran marches towards the bathroom and bangs on the door because that's, of course, where her father is and, like, always is. And she's like, she's like, Daddy, like, you got to come out. Like, you know, you got to move back in with Ma. And she, you know, says all these things to him. And then she's, like, you know, banging on the door. And she finally goes uh, – she goes, like, Daddy, what are you doing in there? And then the door opens and who emerges but Sylvia. And Sylvia has this, like, sly smile and she goes, Me? <laughs> Which is like so gross with so your gross. daughter. Um, and so and she goes twice. So Sylvia had clearly come over, they had reconciled, and they were banging it out in the bathroom. And it's like, why? There's a bedroom. But I guess Sylvia does go, it's where he's most comfortable. <laughs> so it's like, oh, where he poops is where he is so gross. Um, I also want to call out Fran had this fantastic coat in this scene because like she walks into this like monotone pink set and she's in bright orange and like faux feather yeah, and it, it looks really great cool. it was cool really contrast cool. yeah it was yeah yeah I, you know this like uh most of my issues with this episode it was just like what was the point of any of it then you know like it just felt like so unearned and it was like oh all right i guess they made up off screen like i i don't know yeah it was um it was just, it didn't <sighs> land for me at all when she opened that door. I mean, it was funny. Like, I liked the jokes, you know, but I, I, the, like, the, the, the emotional beats, I was just like, all right. Which, which I guess is going to, you know, that is a tough thing to do if you're not going to introduce Fran's father in this episode as an actual character. Yes. Like, you have to figure out a workaround. Mm-hmm. But this was, yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, like, what would the workaround be that actually felt more like an emotional beat and not just like a quick sure. fix? Like, well, we, I mean, let's, well, all right. So let's, let's finish up and then let's talk about how, like ways to, sure. ways to fix this. Um, cause, yeah. cause basically Fran comes home and she's surprised by Mr. I like this beat. 
She's surprised by Mr. Sheffield wearing the ugliest shirt I've ever seen in my life. That then she's like, is that my blouse? <laughs> um, and he oh, like yeah, surprises yeah, yeah. her to like show that he can be spontaneous, basically. He's like, oh, I've got champagne and da-da-da-da. And he's like trying like too hard now to be like mm-hmm. unpredictable. And like like to the point where Maggie walks in and she's like, hey, I want to go to this like big party that's going to not be over till two in the morning. And he's like, immediately, he's like, yes, go. And he's like, see, he's like, he's like, I, I, you know, I, I'm crazy now. Yeah. And finally, the- oh, go ahead. No, it was just funny because then he's like, he goes, and you know why I'm doing this? And Maggie's basically like, because uh, you're drunk or something. And he's like, no, because I don't want to diss on your plans and it just like sounds so uncomfortable coming out of his mouth because it is and then before he can even say anything else she's already run out of the house before he can change his mind remember when we used Uh, to say diss that's what that's what i went whoa yeah that used to be that started as a cool thing and then everyone started saying it and then white people you know then all the white people started saying it then old people started saying it and then no one said it anymore Mm -hmm. and like what we're seeing here is the beginning of the down climate like like when the word dis ends up on the nanny you know that like that word is probably getting retired pretty soon yeah so yeah. yeah, so basically he's trying really hard. And then Fran, I li- I like this line. She says uh she quotes Billy Joel at him, which is very I liked it because it's very Fran. Like of course Fran would quote a Billy Joel song. And she goes, uh, don't go changing to try and please me. And there's like a big <laughs> laugh from the audience. And uh and she basically is like, look, I, I like that you're boring and predictable. And, you know, she has like very thin reasoning why she likes basically <laughs> like because the episode's over and she has to go yeah. back. But well, um, it, well, it's because she has discovered on her journey this episode that she actually doesn't like change. She doesn't want her parents yeah. to split up. She doesn't want Gracie to no longer need her. She goes, she- a little change is good. Like Michael Jackson's face. He should have stopped after a thriller. Cruel. <laughs> um, and but, uh, I know, but are we really like, oh no, shots fired at Michael Jackson? <laughs> no, I mean, in that, you're like, whatever. Yeah, it feels tame. But at the, at the time, it was mean. They didn't didn't, like, we, at least they didn't make like a, you know, uh, he's a molester joke, which, well, they, which cut to like five years later and they would have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then basically, you know, he, she's like, you don't have to change, and I don't want that much change, like, just, like, a little change, you know? And then, uh, and then he's, you know, and then she's like, but also, like, you're, you're cool with Maggie going to a party, like, and he's like, yeah, I'm cool with it. She's like, at two o'clock in the morning, and he's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. And she's like, at at a Kennedy's house? And he goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was actually my favorite. So it was, she, he goes, she's like, you know, you don't even really want to change that much. Like you don't really want Maggie going to that party. And he's like, I, I trust her. And, and she goes with a strange boy. And he goes, that's fine. And then she goes, he's a Kennedy. And that's, <laughs> and that's when he like yells in rage and goes, how could you let me do this? And then he's like, and I look ridiculous. I'm wearing my Friday tie on a Tuesday. And he like rips it off and then goes running out of the house. And I did love that line that he's so predictable that like it was secretly eating him alive that he was wearing his Friday tie on a Tuesday. So he runs out at which point then the the last bit of the episode is uh, Fran then goes over to the telephone. She picks it up and calls the house across the street. And she's like, you know, like, oh, hi, Mrs. Mitchell. 
um, does Gracie want to come home? And she's like, oh, okay. No, no, she's fine. She's fine. Okay, good. Well, just, you know, just let her know that the doctor called and she does have chicken pox. And then she's like, oh, you want me to come get her? Okay. So she's just sabotaged Gracie's play days so that Gracie will come home and be with her again, which is, I was like, wow, she's really become a Jewish mother. (laughs) Uh, And she's literally like, I'm coming, baby. And I thought that was adorable, actually. Um, And that's the whole episode. So there was some highs, there was some lows. So, yeah, you know, look, so here's, here's my, my, my feeling on this is the, the two biggest dings against the episode is that the whole rut storyline and the divorce storyline both feel very forced and there's no like build up to it, you know, and Mm -hmm. like to either one of those things. I think also what would have been interesting, especially because we've seen the show start to embrace like weirdness a little bit more this season is, is there's like a whole meta aspect to the whole, like everything is the same storyline, mm-hmm. you know, where like it would have been almost fun had this been a more intentional commentary on how sitcoms themselves are so repetitive mm-hmm. and like, like, just have it be like a fun episode where you're sort of winking at the audience, but you're also playing with the idea that like, you know, Fran is feeling like she's stuck in a rut a little bit. Um, They could have also, although they've done this before. um, So maybe that's one of the reasons why they avoided it. But like, I think they also would have been better off to tie it to some event in her life. You know, like it had Mm Fran been turning 40 and felt this way or turning 30 and you know had it been like some big event where she was like oh this big thing is happening to me and i'm not feeling excited about it because i think i'm stuck like Mm -hmm. i think that could have also sold it a lot better you know and then the the divorce storyline i just think that like if they're gonna do that that needed to be its own episode and Mm -hmm. you needed the dad to do it um, and, and also because we've never met the dad, I almost would have probably never done that because I don't, I don't think it matter. You've, we, we've never connected with her father. So him being there or not being there doesn't impact us at all. And you can only take it at the value of how Fran's going to react and it's a comedy. So she's never going to be, it's never going to be like dramatic. So it just doesn't feel like anything. There's no stakes. Well, you know what? Like, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I'm realizing they were probably slightly written into a corner in certain ways because I was like, okay, well, first of all, they already did an exceptional episode where Fran already sort of had this issue, which is when the sh- they're all going to go on a tropical vacation and they end up getting snowed in and mm-hmm. stuck in Sylvia's apartment mm-hmm. and Fran – thinks that her mother has been cheating on her father their whole lives. And she has this huge, like everything I thought I knew about the stability and foundation of my life and my childhood has been a lie. And that was an incredible episode that achieved two different things, but they worked really well together in tandem, which is like, you know, Fran kind of understanding her mother in a new way and her parents' marriage in a new adult way. And then the Sheffield's kind of like kind of like absorbing into like a Jewish queen's life, which was hilarious. Yes. And then they also had Fran's sister show up when she had left her husband. So, you know, we already kind of dealt with like this impetus of maybe Fran thinking about marriage and getting back together and this or that. So it's like, you know, if Sylvia had just like showed up with bags and been like, I'm leaving your father, it kind of would have been like been there, done that. Um, And then Fran already sort of had a whole like, big episode of things are, you know, everything's different. So 
Yeah, it's a tough one, but I do think this actually might have been a good episode to introduce the father. Like, and I'm very interested to know how they're going to do it when they do it. But like this to me was, it have been a perfect opportunity to have her go banging on that door and then have some really amazing guest star come out and then have them have like a real heart to heart. And then it would have been like, Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. You know? Um, I also just have to say, I hate whenever Mr. Sheffield, uh, wears, clothes that are supposed to be quote unquote cool. It always makes me cringe. And I think it makes me enjoy the episode way less. And I can't even appreciate if there's a good joke behind it. Same. Same. So awful. Um, All right. Well, so I guess on that note, let's uh, switch over to segments and talk about some of the stuff we liked. Mm Mm-hmm. And now segments. So segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. I really liked when Fran, when she's at Nettie's apartment and she's, you know, banging on the door of the bathroom and she goes, I don't want things to change. And she's like, I want us to go back to how they were. Mom in the kitchen, dad in the den, his hair in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> like I love that line. And then earlier in the episode, I thought Sylvia had an incredible line where she's talking to Fran and she goes, Fran, relationships are like thighs. They start out smooth. Then they get a little lumpy. But without them, you don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> ah, just what a great, what a great metaphor. Yeah. Um, I liked, um, mm-hmm. I had, uh, well, we, we, we did the, uh, you know, are you living with him? Are you taking care of his kids? Are you not having sex? Then you're married. I love mm-hmm. that. I also liked, um, I also liked Fran saying, uh, talking to her mom and her mom being like, you know, she's saying something about like, she's like a perfectly something about being normal and her, and she goes, mom, you used to wear your girdle on the outside and, <laughs> not the and outside her mom your goes, pants. What's that? On the outside of your yeah, pants. Yeah, on the outside of your pants. And then her mom goes, when Madonna does it, it's trendy. When I do it, it's weird. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I have that same line. And then um, I think that was – oh, and 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 then the um, friend goes to the Yetas uh, – to the Yetas, to the grandmas. I thought you were going to stop smoking. <laughs> and she goes, why? Will it stunt our growth? <laughs> Which is mm-hmm, – <laughs> Um, that was great. And also there was this one little line where just, uh, Maggie is like, Oh, I better go do my homework. And then Fran just goes, honey, you're a gorgeous blonde heiress. You need trigonometry, like a hole in the head. <laughs> just like, well, well, like both a practical and a horrible way to, 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 to nanny a child. <laughs> but also the older I get, like, unless you love the subject, probably true. Yeah. Um, Fair. Then, okay, I think that's it for my favorite lines because we said a lot. Oh, I did like when Fran's talking to Niles and she goes, my parents can't split up. No one in my family has ever gotten a divorce. And Niles goes, well, what about your sister and her husband? And Fran goes, no, they're just miserable. (laughs) As if that's better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is how so many people really think. It's like, I'd rather them be miserable than get a divorce. Yeah. It's Um, so weird. It's so weird that that that's the mentality is like, well – you know, just suffer through it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> suffer mm-hmm. and be unhappy, you ungrateful pieces. Like of you, shit. you made your bed. Yeah. <laughs> Yiddish. 
We had blintzes in this episode. And blintz, there's, you know, it's Yiddish. It's a, it's a rolled, filled pancake of Ashkenazi Jewish origin. It's similar to a crepe or like a Russian blini. Bellini? Mm. I don't know, Bellini. Um, yeah. And they're delicious. And you can they're have savory delicious. ones. You can have blueberry ones. Oh, they're so good. I wish I had one right now. I um, I love blintzes so much. I like the sweet ones. Mm-hmm. And then I usually mm-hmm. add a little bit of sour cream. Oh, yeah. It's sweet mm. and it's savory. And you've got ones that actually are cheese blintzes, which sometimes have some fruit in them. God, yeah, or to- you can do like uh, my grandma used to do cheese blintzes, and then she would serve them with a sli- with a side of like um, blueberry pie filling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. how you do it. Oh, I yeah. wish I was at a New York deli right now. Me Co- too. Coffee and all that stuff. Let's. Do you want to after this? You want to go meet it uh, at the deli? <laughs> at uh, what's that deli here? The one, the one deli they have. Oh, I never went. Canters. That's what I was thinking. Canters. Canters. Yeah, let's go to Canters. Like, you want to meet me at Canters? I kind of want to go to Cambridge. <laughs> I have the. I don't want to go. Um. So okay, for nanny trivia, are you ready for this? This is a good one. Okay, I'm really excited for this one. Did you know that Renee Taylor, aka Sylvia Fine, was nominated for an Oscar for screenwriting? Whoa. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh This made me love this woman so much. Okay. She so much more, I should say. So yeah. she and her late husband Joseph uh, Bologna, 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 who I believe mm-hmm. appeared in the show. Okay, um, Joey Bologna. Joey, Bologna. I think you made that same joke about a year ago when we, when we brought him. That up. tracks. Um, they co-wrote the Broadway hit comedy "Lovers and Other Strangers," which is already a hilarious oh. name. It's very Woody Allen-esque. And then they received an Oscar nomination for writing the 1970 film adaptation. This is an incredibly well-reviewed movie. It's a 1970 com- 1970 comedy, and um, the film was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Richard oh. Castellano, who was in The Godfather, and oh. also won it won for Best Original Song, a song called For All We Know, which was made even more famous after the Carpenters did a cover of it. And you'll definitely recognize it when you listen to it, For All We Know. And it was Diane Keaton's film debut, who was also later in The Godfather. Wow. Oh, and man. Then I found I've out- I've never that, seen this movie. Have no, you seen this I, movie? I know, but it, it, it's- Okay, so the plot- it seemed fantastic in that very. I'm kind Chorus of using Leachman's in it. Like it's yeah, yeah. Be good. It, it was very much like I think a comedy of the era w- that they don't let you do anymore. It seemed very just based in conversations, relationships. No big driving, you know, hook. Like no hook that's like here's the you know concept of this. Like you know, two people who like are going to the moon together, and then you know, it, it's literally just like. Family dynamics, everyone, you know, there's the mom and the dad, and then they have their grown kids, and the grown kids have their marriages, and everyone has, like, kind of different issues that they're working through, and it just kind of all takes place over one weekend, and I think it's just, you know, it's based on a play, so it's very dialogue-heavy. Oh, and I very see di- this. Yeah, it's not think- online anywhere. Which sucks because the reviews were so good. Like people were like, it was hilarious. It was smart. And the, the other thing It's not is- even like you can't even buy it digitally. You can just get a DVD of it. Yeah, oh, and it's sucks. it's rare that you know comedies are nominated for for Oscars. So um, yeah. that is so cool. And then also, it's got B. Arthur in it. 
Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks so good. Wow. I would love to see this. And so Renee Taylor and her husband also co-wrote and co-starred in the romantic comedy Made for Each Other in 1971. Okay. They won an Emmy for writing the 1973 TV special Acts of Love and other comedies. Um, they co-wrote and co-starred in the film It Had to Be You in 1989, adapted from another play they wrote. So she's – I didn't realize she was such a like creative force of nature and such like a – you know, established creative in her own right. That's, that's cool. Which is cool. She is, she is like uh, Fran's mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. just, you know, for some other background, Renee Taylor was born in the Bronx um, and she worked as a comedian in the early 1960s in New York City nightclubs. Her opening act was the then unknown Barbara Streisand. And she earned notice for her portrayal of Ava Braun in Mel Brooks' as The Producers. Wow. Which I didn't know. Wow. That's um, crazy. What a, yeah. what a storied career. Yeah. So they got such a heavy a, a heavyweight in the industry that we didn't even realize um, when they cast her. I thought it was so cool. Uh, but it also noted that, you know, she's still d- – despite her impressive 50-year resume, she's still best remembered as Sylvia Fine, though yeah. remembering classic Jewish mother in Fran Drescher's The Nanny. Yeah. It's true. Um, okay. And so I, I just love – I was so excited to do that one. Um, that's really cool. No, that's so a good find. The the Fran or the Cece. I said – I, I, I we, you, we sort of even covered this. I'm very much the Cece, like as my, my experience in being a child of divorce. And I think – I don't know a ton about the timeline of your family's divorce, but I think you're more uh, – you would have been more the Fran. Yeah. So that's it. That's the that's the episode. Um, if you liked the show, you should go to Oh Mr. Chef Pod on Twitter or Instagram and tell us how much you like us. But really, what's even more helpful than that is if you go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you give the star five show uh, give the show a five star review and rating, and that helps other people find it, so that more people can listen to it, which would make us very happy. And on that note, I guess uh, that's it for this week. Uh, Toria, goodbye. And hey, everybody out. It's not you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. uh, Miss Fine.